podcast, English with Kaya, where I talk about various interesting topics in comprehensible English. You're listening to Kaya, and today we will talk about the time I went mountain climbing or hiking in Uzbekistan. Let's begin. I went hiking or mountain climbing in Uzbekistan in February, April, and May this year, and I climbed the small Chimgan, which is not a small mountain at all. It's quite a large mountain. Beldersai, another mountain, and Kumushkan. Today I'll talk about climbing the small Chimgan and the Beldersai mountain. In the past. I've also climbed Mount Fuji twice. Once when we were climbing Mount Fuji, and my Fu- Mount Fuji is in Japan. My dad, while he was climbing Mount Fuji, broke his ankle, and we had to go down the mountain, sitting on a vehicle that resembled our garbage truck and a tractor. It was somewhere between the two. And I've also climbed a mountain on Reunion Island. Which is an island on the Indian Ocean, ruled by France. In addition, I have climbed Diamond Head,、uh, which is a volcanic cone situated on Hawaii. Moreover, I've climbed Mount Takao near Tokyo in Japan. After describing my hike on the Small Chimgan and Beldersai here in Uzbekistan, I'll compare these mountains to the mountains I've climbed before. Before starting on our journey or our hike on these mountains, I want to mention someone's name, and that person's name is Craig Adams. He is a hiker. He is also a YouTuber. He makes long videos of various hikes on YouTube. He makes footage and films and stunning videos of his hikes. His His treks on various mountains all over the world. His footage and his shots are stunning. His videos don't have any sound other than the background music, so he doesn't talk at all during these videos. He just shows himself climbing these mountains with magnificent views in the background. His videos are very relaxing. They are masterpieces. If you enjoy trekking, hiking, or climbing mountains, or if you just enjoy looking at gorgeous natural scenery, I recommend that you watch some of the videos made by Craig Adams. By the way, Craig is spelled with a K, so K R A I G, Adams. And first of all, let's talk about the vocabulary we're going to use when we talk about climbing mountains. First, hiking. Hiking is the activity of going for long walks in the country for pleasure. A lot of people say hiking when they also mean mountain climbing, because most of the time, or one hundred percent of the time, mountain climbing includes hiking because you walk for a long time in nature. Let's compare the word hiking to mountain climbing. Mountain climbing is an activity. It is a set of activities that involves ascending or climbing. Ascending to ascend means to climb mountains. You look at a mountain 
and you decide that you want to get to one of the summits or the peak. You might do this by hiking or mountaineering. Hiking, mountain climbing. So these two words are sometimes used as synonyms, but they are slightly different. And let's talk about the third word, which is mountaineering. Mountaineering is also an activity, and it is the difficult and technical activity used to reach the hardest to reach summits. For example, Mount Everest. A mountaineer is a person who climbs mountains as a sport with special gear and equipment. So, if you go mountaineering, you climb a mountain that is dev- very difficult to climb. For example, Mount Everest, and you try to reach the peak of that mountain by using special equipment like ropes and. The other things that mountaineers use, and it's a very dangerous activity. Not just not anyone can do this. To go mountaineering, you need to have training. You need to have experience because an ex- unexperienced hiker cannot or would not be able to climb Mount Everest. Therefore, mountaineering is different from mountain climbing because it's more professional. It's More dangerous. It's at a more kind of risky or difficult level compared to mountain climbing. If you want to go mountain climbing, you don't need any special equipment. You just need to wear normal like sports shoes or sneakers, and you just need a backpack and like a towel, water, and some food. Whereas for mountaineering, you need special gear. There is another activity, a word that is called trekking. Trekking is a long, hard walk lasting several days or weeks, especially in the mountains. A trek—that's the noun—is a long, hard walk lasting several days or weeks, especially in the mountains. And to trek, which is a verb, means to make a long or difficult journey, especially on foot. When we think about these words, this vocabulary, and think about the movies of Craig Adams, we can see that he is trekking because he usually climbs mountains, and that takes him about several days. And he usually puts up his own tent in the mountains, and he spends several days or even weeks in the mountains. So he is trekking in the mountains. You can also say he is. Mountain climbing, or he is hiking in the mountains, but he is not mountaineering. He is trekking, or hiking, or mountain climbing. Trek.、Mm, trekking is not a very popular word. I think hiking is a more common word that we use when we talk about climbing mountains. And when we talk about a trek. We usually don't use this word in our daily conversations, but when I hear the word trek, I am always reminded of Star Trek, which is an American science fiction media franchise created by Gene Roddenberry. And this media franchise began in the 1960s with the television series, the original series Star Trek. And it quickly became a worldwide pop cultural phenomenon. There are a lot of series in this franchise. There's the original series, the animated series, the Next Generation, 
which aired in the 80s and 90s, Deep Space Nine, which aired in the 90s, Voyager, which aired in the 90s and um, into uh, the year 2001. There's also The Enterprise, which aired in the 2000s, and Discovery, which is the newest series. It is currently streaming on Netflix. It started in 2017. Star Trek is a an American media franchise which depicts a starship trekking or traveling around uh, the, the galaxy, exploring new stars and new worlds, new planets. People on this starship meet the local population, the local people and the local creatures living on various planets all over the galaxy. Um, I There was a time, there was a period in my life when I was addicted to Star Trek and I was watching Star Trek every day, like every evening on Netflix. <laughs> well, Star Trek has an interesting history. You could say that it reflects American imperialism or the word imperialism already has a negative connotation. It means that the ruler or the conqueror is doing something bad to the local population. So let's say it reflects American expansionism or it reflects American foreign policy. Because in each episode, in each series, you see people traveling on a starship, flying around the galaxy, um, meeting local people, and sometimes bombing planets, um, in the name of helping the local people and it shows the starship as being this very as a, as a good starship with good people and a good captain on it that helps the local people that helps to civilize the people sometimes barbarians living on various planets and i always feel that this is such an politically incorrect way to portray the various creatures uh, living in the fictitious universe of Star Trek. I know that it's politically, well, slightly politically controversial, but I still enjoy watching it all the same. And Star Trek, so the word Trek is used in this, in the title of this media franchise. And the beginning of the series, The Next Generation, which is my favorite series, starts like this. Patrick Stewart... The British actor portraying Captain Jean-Luc Picard, which is a French character. So a British actor playing a French character in an American TV series says this. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no one has gone before. Ta-da! That's how the next generation starts. Sir Patrick Stewart has a strong British accent. Obviously, he's, well, because he's British. It's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's an intriguing fact, I think, that science fiction, you can also say sci-fi, reflects a nation's understanding of its place in geopolitics. What I mean by this is that by watching Star Trek, 
you can see how Americans, or at least American policymakers, view their own politics, view their foreign policies. Because American expansionism is all about going out there into the unknown to explore strange new worlds, right? And to meet new people, to civilize them, to help them, to support them. In real life, this works sometimes, it doesn't work sometimes. We won't touch that topic right now.、Uh, but so that's how Americans view their place in the world. Whereas if we look at Russian expansionism, well, for I can't really think of a science fiction novel or a science fiction drama、uh, made in Russia that reflects Russian expansionism.、Uh, guys, if you know、um, any science fiction、uh, novel or movie or drama, That's made in Russia that reflects Russian expansionism. Please let me know. I would love to find out about that. Russian expansionism is a little bit different compared to American expansionism. Russians like to well, bomb, to, to massacre. Well, yes, all, all conquerors do that. Well, the local population, and then they incorporate that territory into the big Russia. And they send Russians, ethnic Russians, to settle there. To make it officially part of Russia and to incorporate it into what was the Russian Empire and what was the Soviet Union and what is now called the Russian Federation. So, their understanding of expansion is they kind of they like to incorporate territory into to,、uh, Russia. If we look at Chinese expansionism, we can see that Chinese people take China with them wherever they go. One example would be Chinatowns, which you can find in any large city in any part of the world. This understanding of the world that Chinese people have about themselves is reflected in the sci fi movie The Wandering Earth. This movie was released in 2019. You can watch it on Netflix. In this science fiction movie, the people of Earth, they make the Earth move. So they use a huge something like, I think it was like a huge bomb or some large、uh, equipment to physically move the position of the Earth. And the Earth starts to wander around the universe, to, around the galaxy. This shows that for Chinese people, Expansionism is about taking their world with them into or to wherever they're going. So, Americans like to leave Earth and to explore strange new worlds out there in the unknown, whereas Chinese people like to take the Earth with them, take what, they, what is familiar to them to wherever they're going. So, let's get back to the topic of mountain climbing. And we were talking about trekking, and then we started talking about Star Trek, and then we started talking about expansionism. Great. Back to mountain climbing. I climbed the small Chimgan in May, I believe, this year. And we hiked to the top of the beautiful small Chimgan Mountain, 2,100 meters above sea level. We started climbing at 1500 meters above sea level. So we gained an altitude of 600 meters. We climbed 
or we ascended 600 meters in two hours and 45 minutes. By the way, it's called the Small Chimgen Mountain because there is another mountain nearby that is called the Big Chimgen Mountain, and the Big Chimgen is massive. It takes at least two days to climb to the summit of the Big Chimgen. I haven't climbed the Big Chimgen yet. I would like to in the near future. Altitude, that's a noun. It means the height. It means the height of something above sea level or above ground level. There is also a phenomenon called altitude sickness, which is caused by ascending too rapidly, which doesn't allow the body enough time to adjust to reduced oxygen and changes in air pressure. Thus, if you have altitude sickness, you are probably at a very high altitude and you start to feel nauseous and you have difficulty breathing and you start to feel dizzy. Some people get altitude sickness when they go to countries like Bolivia where the towns are located very high up in the mountains. When I climbed the small Chimgan mountain, I had so much fun that I forgot about the time. I told you that it took two hours and 45 minutes, but when I was climbing, it felt like an hour and 45 minutes. Time flies when you're having fun. This is an idiom. It means you don't notice how long something lasts when it's fun. This idiom is used by itself. You say, oh, time flies when you're having fun. I didn't notice how long we were climbing the small Chimgan mountain because it was so much fun. Time flies when you're having fun. When we were climbing, we saw a lot of stray dogs. These stray dogs didn't belong to anyone, didn't belong to any of the hikers. They were walking around, scavenging for food. To be honest, I was a little bit frightened of them because if you get bitten by a stray dog, it is very serious. Therefore, I was scared of these dogs, but fortunately, they didn't do anything to us. They were just walking around us, hoping that we would give them something to eat, but we didn't. <laughs> After climbing to the summit, we ate lunch at the top. The views from the top of the mountain were breathtaking. From the top, or you can say the summit, or you can say the peak of the mountain, we saw a large lake and forests and vast mountains and the snow-capped peaks of the other mountains nearby. The mountains around us were capped with snow. The peaks were capped with snow. Capped with means covered with. You usually only use this word when you're talking about the peaks of mountains. You say the peaks were capped with snow or you say snow-capped mountains. There were snow-capped mountains all around us. The peaks were capped with snow but the middle part and the bottom part of the mountains were green 
and covered with greenery and vegetation, groves, forests, trees, and grassland. We followed a trail from the bottom to the peak of the mountain. A trail is a path that goes through the countryside and um, through the on the terrain on mountains. Near the bottom of the small Chimgan, there were a lot of bushes, groves. A grove is a small group of trees, clumps of trees, and lots of vegetation. It felt as if, or rather it was as if, or it's, it's not as if we were literally walking through a small forest because there were a lot of trees near the bottom of the mountain. Halfway through our climb, the number of trees dwindled and we saw low-lying vegetation, yellow, red, and white flowers, and small green plants. Near the top, the vegetation, the terrain, changed again. It became very rocky. So as we neared the summit of the mountain, we had to scramble up the steep rocky incline. To scramble, that's a verb, it means to move quickly with difficulty using your hands to help you. To scramble, you can also say to clamber. Scramble and clamber are synonyms. We were clambering up the rocky slope. An incline, that's a noun, is the synonym for slope. I know uh, incline is usually used as a verb. If someone is inclined to do something, they tend to do something. They do something often. However, when you say incline, the word becomes a noun and it means a slope. Near the top, we did some rock climbing. Oh, like, you know, we were putting our hands onto the rock and pushing us ourselves up. We were scrambling up, uh, kind of... But we were clinging onto the rocks, trying not to fall down. No one got injured. It was a successful hike. As we approached the summit, the terrain became steeper and steeper, and the views became more gorgeous and magnificent. The scenery was simply stunning. I felt so fulfilled when I reached the top. The great thing about climbing mountains is that when you're at the top and you eat lunch, eating lunch in nature is a thousand times more fulfilling than eating the same lunch in a restaurant or at home. Because when you're surrounded by nature, by trees, by the open sky, by staggering scenery, the food tastes a thousand times. Uh, trillion times better than if you're eating it inside a building and you get to breathe the fresh air as you eat the food and gaze at the splendid scenery it is such a great reward for all the clambering and scr and scrambling and rock climbing that you did that you had to do to get there I love hiking. I love mountain climbing. Next, let's talk about Beldersai. Beldersai is a smaller mountain 
again in Uzbekistan that I climbed earlier this year, I believe in April. The soil on Beldersai was red. And when I mean red, like red, red, like real red. Maybe it's the geological makeup of the soil. Perhaps there's some kind of metal or chemical substance or substance or natural substance in the soil that makes it red. The red soil on Beldersay or Beldersay reminded me of the red soil on PEI. PEI is the name for Prince Edward Island. It's the abbreviation of Prince Edward Island, an island in the eastern part of Canada. I've been on PEI or Prince Edward Island many times with my parents when I was small. We drove around the island, we visited the Green Gables house in the village of Cavendish. Cavendish is the model for the village Avonlea in the novel Anne of Green Gables. And we watched the Anne of Green Gables musical in Charlottetown. Charlottetown is the main town on Prince Edward Island. We saw this musical 14 times. <laughs> in addition, I ate a lot of lobsters on the seashore on PEI. The soil on PEI is also red. If you've read Anne of Green Gables, you know that the soil there on Prince Edward Island is red, and it, it is really red. On Belderside, there were a lot of trees, groves, and the trees had white flowers on them. I really liked how the soil was red, but the vegetation and trees were green. Therefore, there was a visually intriguing, visually attractive contrast between the green, the greenery of the trees, and the redness of the soil. It took me two hours and a half, or about two hours and 40 minutes, to climb from the bottom to the top of Beldersay. Again, walking uh, along the trail, looking at the magical scenery. By magical, I mean very... Uh, like a magnificent, um, stunning, splendid, incredible, remarkable. And by that I mean mountains and red soil and forests and the steep slopes of the large Chimgan. I could also see the snow-capped peaks of mountains uh, situated in Kyrgyzstan, because Kyrgyzstan is not far from Beldersai. Oh, just amazing. Just fantastic. Incredible. Uh, the, the, the forest, the woods at a lower altitude, the fields, uh, the rolling hills, and then higher up, the trees with wet flowers on them, and the mountains with red soil, and then higher up the snow-capped peaks. Mm, lovely. On my way down from the summit of Beldersai, I didn't walk down. I, I climbed to the top, but on my way down, I took the ski lift that was, uh, well, this place is a ski resort. It works, it functions as a ski resort during the winter, so there's a ski lift. And I took the ski lift down from the top to the bottom. It was scary because 
the lift itself was small and um, we were suspended really high up in the air and we were going down at quite a fast pace and the ground was so like far away that I oh my gosh um uh, if you are scared of heights you will not be able to go on this ski lift because it was very high up I was scared but at the same time it was an incredible experience because I got to see this marvelous scenery all around me as I went down as I descended on the ski lift it's interesting because when I go skiing in the winter I go on ski lifts to go up to the top of the mountains and uh, the ski lifts are also high up but I don't feel scared because the ground below me is covered in snow maybe it's psychological I'm not sure I, I'm I've been skiing since I was four years old so I'm used to going up on ski lifts when there's snow all around me I'm not scared but then when I actually see the ground without snow from a ski lift I feel scared now let's compare these two mountains in Uzbekistan to the other mountains I've climbed in my life when I was in my teens my aunt and uncle often took me well not well I wouldn't say often like um maybe several times they took me hiking with them several times on Kyushu. Kyushu is an island in southern Japan that's where my aunt and uncle live and they used to be avid hikers they used to be avid mountain climbers avid means passionate so they took me uh, mountain climbing with them several times but in my teens I wasn't as fit as I am now like I was a bookworm I still am a bookworm but I was more of a bookworm when I was in my teens so I didn't get enough exercise and I wasn't strong as uh, I wasn't as strong as I am now so I remember having a hard time I, I was constantly out of breath <sighs> and I had a hard time keeping up with uh, my aunt and uncle when I was climbing those mountains in Kyushu and Mount Fuji Mount Fuji is an iconic mountain in Japan when people think of Japan they think of Mount Fuji it's the symbol of Japan so to speak I've climbed Mount Fuji twice or three times uh, to the top. Once we couldn't make it to the top because my dad broke his ankle while we were climbing. By the way, Mount Fuji starts off really easy and then it becomes steeper and steeper and at the end towards the top you have to do quite a lot of rock climbing. That's where my dad broke his ankle. So uh, when he broke his ankle, obviously we couldn't continue, we had to descend from that point. The summit of Mount Fuji, it's an inactive volcano. So at the summit, there is a shallow crater. But other than this shallow crater, the top of Mount Fuji is unremarkable because there's only a few shops and vending machines there, nothing special. The great thing about climbing Mount Fuji is the view you get of the sunrise from the eighth stop along the trail you can see the beautiful sunrise from the eighth stop if you are there at the right time you can also see the lights of Tokyo and the ocean from the eighth stop and uh, above the thing about Mount Fuji is that 
there's always a lot of people climbing it. I mean, it's only open uh, to the general public during the months of July and August, which means that everyone from all over Japan, as well as from overseas, they come to Mount Fuji, especially to climb to the top during these two months, and it becomes very crowded and congested along the trail. So you feel as if you're walking uh, in a station during rush hour time. That is the one thing that I don't like about Mount Fuji. Other than that, I enjoy climbing Mount Fuji. It's a volcano. Therefore, the earth is like kind of like gray and like there, there's a lot of gravel and stones there.、Um, there's not a lot of trees, but it, it's a decent hike. It's, it's fun. Compare that to Beldersai and the small Chimgan in Uzbekistan. When I climbed the Beldersai, there was no one else climbing Beldersai. It was just Me and and the other person who was climbing with me. And when I was climbing the small Chimgan, it was just us, our group. Well, there were several other groups and other people climbing, but there weren't a, like a lot of people. I, I like that here you can climb in peace, like you can climb without worrying about like crowded trails or,、uh, or being among too many people. In Japan, there's always like a lot of people climbing mountains. Well, it also depends on the mountain. If it's a popular mountain like Mount Fuji, it's always going to be congested. And the mountain on Reunion Island, Reunion Island is situated on the Indian Ocean. And I went there on peace boat and I climbed a mountain there with a group of tourists. I was the interpreter. I'm not sure if it was a mountain or a volcano. I remember that it was a sandy mountain with almost no plants and that it was very sunny that day. So I just remember feeling very hot and sweaty and, you know, and I also had to interpret what the guide was saying. The guide was saying, oh, this plant is blah, blah, blah. This plant is blah, blah, blah. Oh, this terrain is blah, blah, blah. And I had to interpret that into Japanese while I was climbing. Using a megaphone. Oh, I remember that was pretty tough. <laughs> Another mountain that I've climbed is the Diamond Head on Hawaii. Diamond Head is a really well known, famous volcanic mountain. I went there when I was traveling again on Peace Boat. It took our group roughly Two hours to climb from the bottom to the top of Diamond Head. There were magnificent views there. The terrain, the terrain means the earth or the shape of the earth, was hot and dry.、Uh, the difficulty of the climb was moderate, so it wasn't easy, but it wasn't too difficult. I really liked how we could see the ocean and the surrounding hills and the tropical. Uh, nature and vegetation from the summit of the mountain. The last mountain I'm going to talk about is Mount Takao. Mount Takao is near Tokyo. You can get there from Tokyo in about an hour, maybe even less,、um, if you take the local train. I've climbed Mount Takao twice. If I'm not mistaken, maybe three times. I climbed it once in primary school. We went there on a field trip、uh, with our school. 
the second time I climbed in 2019 with some friends. Mount Takao is uh, the difficulty of the climb is somewhere between easy and moderate, and the mountain itself is covered in forest. It's covered by like a lot of trees. And for this reason, when you are climbing, you don't feel like you're climbing a mountain. You feel more like you're hiking or you're trekking through a forest. This mountain is very popular among Tokyoites, so the inhabitants of Tokyo. They like to go to this mountain on the weekends to climb with their families. The trail goes through some interesting terrain. There are streams. Ravines, some small ditches where you have to be careful not to fall off the trail. The nature on Montecao is rich, is is diverse, and there are a lot of cafes and restaurants along the trail. So if you're climbing and you get tired, you can go into a cafe or into a restaurant to chill and to eat something to refresh yourself. All right, and with that, I would like to finish today's episode. I hope you were able to learn new phrases and vocabulary today. I have a question for you: What kinds of trails are there in your country or the place where you live? Do you have any recommendations about which mountains to climb in your area? Have you ever climbed these mountains, and what are they like? Please write to me. Please. Tell me about the mountains that you know, or the mountains that you've climbed, or the mountains that are in your area, at english.with.kaya@gmail.com, or to my Instagram account, english.with.kaya. Take care. Have a nice week, and see you soon in the next episode.